Welcome to the People and Performance Podcast, featuring guest experts from such global brands as NASA, Salesforce, the Milwaukee Bucks, Staples Professional, IBM, Mutual of America, Zero, and Simon Sinek Inc. The show offers expert insights into the strategic capabilities and behaviors needed to grow and sustain employee performance. Welcome to another episode of the People and Performance Podcast. This is your co-host, Bill Bannum. Chris Buelling is away today. My guest today is the awesome Josh Siegel. Yes, that Josh Siegel, listeners. He was uh, he was a guest all the way back in season one, I believe. And he's, uh, he's back with us to share more wisdom. Josh is a multi-time head of people for some of Canada's most successful scale-up tech companies. He's currently operating as a fractional chief people officer, advisor, investor, and speaker, empowering organizations to build sustainable, high-performance cultures. Josh possesses a deep love for coaching, mentoring, education, and I should add dogs. And uh, for all those qualities, in, in the boardroom or in the classroom, he feels that it is his purpose to help those around him to unleash their full potential. When not leading people and culture teams, Josh has a deep passion for the martial arts, yoga, reading, and spending time with his amazing wife, Josh, my friend, it's nice to chat with you again. How are you doing? Bill Bannum, it's good to be back, brother, although I am very, very disappointed. We don't have Chris as well. What's going on? He didn't want to be part of this conversation? Well, it's because this is a last-minute interview, and Chris doesn't know about it, listeners. Uh, (laughs) A surprise for him. Well, hello, Chris. I miss you deeply, but I guess Bill will do today. (laughs) Thank you, Josh. I appreciate that. Um, So why don't you start by reintroducing yourself to our listeners? Well, Bill, it's great to be back 10 seasons later. Um, it has been quite the journey, both for Josh and the world over those 10 seasons. Having a blast, still advising and leading um, people and culture functions in the scale-up tech space. I am now, I wasn't 10 seasons ago, but I'm now an undefeated amateur boxer, having raised a whole bunch of money for the Princess Margaret Cancer Foundation. And now I'm taking a more peaceful route, and I'm a retired boxer who is now a, a yogi, finding mindfulness in a crazy world, um, but having a blast doing all of those things. And it's good to be back chatting people, culture, performance, and uh, and all that fun stuff with you. Well, before we get into all the the office-based stuff, the corporate culture-based stuff, the boxing that you mentioned there, um, you are a very fit man. You, uh, you, you do yoga, you do your martial arts, you're a uh, undefeated uh, uh, boxer, what uh, one and one and zero, I think it is. So you know he can't mess with that. Um, I wonder how has how has exercise, Josh, helped you unleash your full potential in your career, and also how has the discipline from, for example, um, learning learning the skills to be a boxer, uh, the the mental and physical skills, how has that rubbed off on getting higher performance from colleagues? Uh, Great question, Bill. So for me personally, as a human, I'm a firm believer that we are most effective when our body, mind, and soul are in true balance. I think I learned that in my early days of martial arts, and this really stuck with me throughout my entire career. I know when I'm when I'm not feeling well and able to go and kind of push at the gym, I feel my mental cognitive capability uh, diminish as well. And so, making sure that I'm being really thoughtful about how I structure my day so that I'm nourishing body, mind, and soul—that's how the best. Josh Siegel shows up. From a a connection to corporate performance, 
I've always said that the best school I've ever been to was the dojo. And I've learned more on the mats than I've learned in any other classroom. And really the, the parallels between the martial arts, the world of boxing and high performance in corporate world, very, very clear to me. Um, one that I've spoken of recently on some other podcasts is this concept of the shit spiral, which I learned about in boxing. And I, I can feel the world going down it right now. But the TLDR on that is when, when you get hit, famous Mike Tyson quote, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. We as humans tend to overreact, which all that does is create other openings to be hit again, again, again. And that ends with you unconscious on the mat. And I think we see a lot of organizations going through this shit spiral right now. But what the martial arts teaches you, once you get comfortable with fists flying at your face, is when you get hit, you fall back to your fundamentals. You remember your home position. You remember to put your heads up, bite down on your mouth guard, chin down, and prepare yourself for what's next as opposed to that overreaction. And I think uh, it would be some phenomenal advice to a whole bunch of companies right now who seem to be spiraling to slow down, pause, and remember what got them to where they are right now. I love that. Great answer. Thank you. Okay, so part of that... Uh, that spiral that you mentioned there, that poo spiral. Um, what layoffs? Layoffs are a big part of uh, what's going on in a lot of companies at the moment. Uh, it's unfortunate, um, but we're seeing it in a lot of different places at the moment. Talk to me a bit about ways to navigate layoffs with, with a human lens. Yeah, so obviously, lots of challenges in the tech environment right now. Many organizations have gone through multiple rounds, some thinking about what they're going to do to reduce their burn rate and probably have more layoffs happening. Um, I've always prided myself on being a human-centric leader. And in tough times, especially in times when you have to make hard decisions on people's employment, leaning into that humanity is more important than ever. And it's also important to remember the multitude of stakeholders. So you have the folks who's careers are impacted and how do you take care of them? What do your packages look like? Are you leaving them with technology, which they probably need to do their job search? Are you helping them with outplacement services, with opportunities to tap into your networks, to meet new people and have those conversations, doing all the right things for them? Then you also have the people inside your organization who are probably battling survivor's guilt, increased workload, uncertainty. What is your communication plan for them? What are you doing for their mental and physical wellness? How are you creating the space for them to grieve, to process, and to come up the other end of a very, very challenging organizational event and get back to doing the meaningful work so you can build a sustainable company? Then you also have external individuals. What's your external comms plan? How thoughtful are you being around what you're sharing externally about how you did it, what you did, why you did it, your employment brand is at risk? your consumer-facing brand is at risk. And navigating all of that really requires your senior leadership team to, again, slow down, think through it, analyze your process, analyze your comms plan, and really put that human lens on every part of that process. The People and Performance Podcast, supported by Fidelo Inc., is dedicated to offering tips and expert insights into the strategic capabilities and behaviors needed to establish, grow, and measure the performance of employees. If you enjoy the show, why not subscribe and give us five stars through your favorite podcast app.
Okay, I want to continue the conversation around the same lines for a moment. You were keen to talk to me today about what you called, I love this term, navigating a polycrisis. Okay, so given the context that you've just offered there, uh, that there are employees still in their jobs, maybe they're feeling guilty about that but when they see colleagues leaving. Maybe they've uh, had a lot of extra work put on their shoulders, rightfully or wrongfully, um, and therefore they're now trying to grapple with that and, and restructure how they do things. Talk to us a little bit about navigating this this idea of this polycrisis and keeping employees energized and motivated during challenging times. So I have to give credit to Melissa and Jonathan Nightingale from Raw Signal Group. Their newsletter a few months ago about the concept of a polycrisis and what to do in it really resonated with me. Bill, it's a really, really hard, challenging world right now. Like COVID has not disappeared. So we still have a global health issue. We've got war and tension in a multitude of countries. We've got economic challenges. We've got layoffs. This is a lot for any human to navigate, let alone the most resilient employees. So thinking as a leader, how are we creating space for people? What are the expectations we're driving down? What are the practices that we're putting in our company that allows people to recharge, to be able to face the next day? There's big things you can do, but there's also really tiny things. One thing that we were really um, persistent on doing at Seven Shifts was the concept of Google speedy meetings and a no meeting day within the week. Speedy meetings, it's a simple switch. You flick in Google, but instead of having back to back to back 30 minute meetings, those meetings are 25 minutes and you have five minutes to pour some water, stretch your legs, hug your loved one, call somebody that needs a call just to be human. And as leaders, what are the practices we're putting in place in our organizations to get emotions on the table and create the necessary space for the humans to work through them? And it's so important. We're working with humans, not robots. And when all this stuff is going on in our world, humans have to process it or we can't do our best work. Do you think, Josh, that as a result of the pandemic, uh, leaders are more human generally in, in your experience from folks that you've worked with or you know you've got lots of peers in the industry you are a very well connected man so you have lots of conversations do, do you think that leaders are better at being human they are better at being more authentic they are better at having conversations being empathetic now in 2024 compared to say end of 2019 i think there's more openness about the importance of it and the fact that we need to do it the challenge now Bill, is leaders are tired. We've gone through so much over the past four or five years. There's not necessarily a light at the end of the tunnel. So you've got bur burnt out leaders leading burnt out people. And although they might rationally and pragmatically understand the importance of all of these things, when you don't have the energy to bring to the table to create the space and do the right things, it's pretty easy to fall back to your bad habits and the norms. Uh, I also think we have a lot of CEOs and founders who just want to ignore the noise and push forward and do what they need to do for their companies. But newsflash, it's impossible because we have humans with hearts and minds and souls, and we have to try to bring them with us on that journey. Um, it's the same thing in the fight game. We talked about martial arts at the beginning. You make bad decisions when you're tired, and there are a whole heck of a lot of tired people out there, Bill. Josh, 
you and I reconnected a couple of weeks ago. Uh, showed each other a couple of messages, said, how you doing, gorgeous, I'm okay, thanks, handsome, how are you, that kind of thing. Uh, we had a bit of a chit-chat, I think, last week, and then we got to we got to recording here. One other thing we spoke about last time was, uh, I said, Josh, I'm involved now, along with Chris Bjorling, uh, in the uh, in the organisation of the Disrupt Buffalo chapter, and we've got an event happening in a beer hall on April 11th. Uh, do you want to get involved? And you're like, yeah, Bill, let's do it. Um, so you're going to be coming down all the way down from Toronto to, to beautiful Buffalo, April 11th. Uh, and you're going to be doing a talk. It's your second talk at a Disrupt Buffalo event. I've seen the previous talk. It was wicked awesome. Um, so you've got a very high bar to live up to, Mr. Siegel. Um, can you can you maybe take a minute or two now and tease our listeners with uh, what you'll be addressing as part of your talk and maybe some of the hoped for learning outcomes but i, I kind of want to do a, a rock impersonation Dude, finally josh is coming <laughs> back to buffalo <laughs> I, I don't know if you know bill but earlier in my career when i worked for an organization called real matters we had a massive office in larkinville in buffalo and i spent a ton of time there so buffalo is a city near and dear to my heart i love the people there i love the city there my wife loves shopping there which is another problem altogether but i am fired up to come back to disrupt hr buffalo Uh, And no surprise, we're going to talk about what we've been chatting about on this pod so far. Um, There is a poly crisis going on. We've got unbelievably tired and worn out HR professionals, leaders, and employees. And I'm going to share what will probably be an overly simplistic framework on some key things for HR leaders to be thinking about on how to navigate and work through the exhaustion, and just some simple tactical takeaways on how we as HR leaders can help navigate this poly crisis. And he's going to do all of this, listeners, in five minutes, 20 slides, 15 seconds per slide. Uh, Chris and I and the rest of the Buffalo organizers are pretty mean. We will automate these slides. So it ends up being exactly five minutes, but he's going to be wicked awesome at it. So if you are in the Buffalo Niagara area, in um, the middle of April, and you're thinking, what can I do with my week? What could make it so perfect and amazing? Well, the answer is to join us uh, on April 11th, downtown. It's the Hofbrau House, Buffalo, and uh, it's going to be an evening event. I think it kicks off about 5, 5.30, and it goes on for a few hours, probably followed by drinks somewhere else. Uh, You'll have an awesome time. Uh, There'll be lots of us there, and you should come along josh next couple of questions i want to ask of you my friend are questions that we ask of all of our guests on the people and performance podcast these days when you came on before we didn't have these two standard questions that we ask of folks but now we do so they're new to you um, the first one goes as follows in one minute or less can you share one piece of advice or some direction that you were given by a mentor a leader or a colleague that inspired you to perform at a higher level in your career Absolutely. And for that one, well, great question, great addition to the pod. So kudos on you on having some great questions. Um, I will I will go back to a leader I worked with at Wave, uh, Ashira Gobran. I have deep respect for her and her philosophies in the HR space. And she is huge on ensuring that the work you do, the environment you're in and how you carry yourself, you align it with your true values. And that means deeply knowing who you really are, not how you show up on a daily basis or the clothes you wear or the car you drive, but inside, 
from a deep value alignment, what matters most to you and make sure that shines through in the work you do and the decisions you make. And, uh, and I really tried to carry that with me as best I can and, uh, and be as authentically honest about who I am, what I stand for, and, uh, and make sure that that shines through in the work that I do on a daily basis. Yes, you do. You're an authentic guy. Uh, and the Wave team, by the way, are lovely. Uh, uh, you kindly arranged for, for us to hold a, a meeting there many years ago uh, in, in Toronto, and we had a great time. Um, okay, next question for you is, and you can take more than 60 seconds for this one, if you so wish, or maybe you might want to do it with a one-word answer. Who knows? Uh, from a culture and people processes perspective, Josh, what does a high-performing company mean to you? Well, we could do hours on this. We could also do it really quick. So maybe maybe I'll go in the middle. I would actually like to add one word to the concept of a high-performance culture, and I think it's a really important word, and the word is sustainable. You see a lot of organizations think uh, big consulting, um, and they do the burn and churn culture where we're going to work you seven days a week, 12 hours a day, maximize everything we get out of you. Um, it'll drive high performance in the short term, and then you'll leave and you'll go off and do something different, but we've milked you dry for every ounce of performance we can get out of you. I would never want to work in an organization like that, nor would I want to build a culture like that. So when I think about sustainable high performance, how do we get people doing the best work of their lives in a reasonable amount of time where they can also go live their best lives at the same time? And if you can put the practices in place within your organization to foster that, I think you'll attract the best talent, you'll do some amazing work, and you'll build something really special for the long run. Um, I always like shouting out the folks at the Energy Project. They have some phenomenal philosophies on how to build sustainable, high-performing cultures. I've used them a couple of times, um, and they've really opened my eyes to some key things that you can do to help every human in your organization unlock their maximum potential. Love it. And you're right. We could have done a whole episode on that question. I've got lots of follow-up questions for you, but we don't have time because we're almost ready to wrap up this particular episode. They are quite short shows. So before we do wrap up today, Mr. Siegel, how can our listeners connect with and learn more about you? Listen, best way is always just send me a connection on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to connect and chat with folks in the people and culture space. So Josh Siegel, find me there and let's continue the conversation on all things people, culture and performance. And if I can just add listeners before we do uh, sign off for today, I've known Josh now for a number of years. Um, he practices what he preaches. He's an authentic, lovely guy, uh, very, very kind human being. I've got a great deal of respect for him. And uh, he's definitely someone that you should connect with. So that just leads me to say for today, Josh, my friend, thank you very much. Thank you, Bill. All Always a joy connecting with you. Hopefully I don't have to wait another 10 seasons to get back in the seat with you. Thank you for listening to the People and Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe.